Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Okay, we are here. Dude, I haven't been in the studio in like five weeks because really? I recorded so many podcasts that I just haven't just had to like come in. just like laying back, chilling just- on the beach, sipping a fucking margarita. Like, yeah, well, get I don't drink, but I was in bed with my dogs for like five weeks. Just like, do your dogs drink? This is the great life. <laughs> a little bit, oh, a little bit. Cool. Guys, w- without an introduction, my guest, Andy Milanakis, is here today. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, you know, we became friends because of Vine years yeah. ago. We were both like loving Vine, me, you, before and Simon. It got bad. <laughs> <laughs> before things hit, before the shit hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. We were having so much fun on there. It was a really cool, sweet spot for the first year. And obviously, it's it's subjective, right? Yeah. But it's like, I think it was just kind of like gotten to more like teens and younger audience. But at first, it was more like artistic and kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, like shit. Adam Goldberg. I remember like James Urbaniak yeah. and like Marlo Meekins. Hell yeah. And people were all doing like this really cool artsy shit on there. Mm-hmm. And then... And I was breaking plates on the floor. <laughs> that was hilarious, though. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, that it was, was good, good times. Shit. Okay, so we were just talking about, and I'm starting this off because we were just talking about how he just moved. Can I say that you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you so can you, tell me my address if you want. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm gonna give out his address at the end of the podcast. No, you just moved downtown LA. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling him that like I lived in downtown LA in 2005 mm-hmm. when there was. Nothing. Yeah, 15 years ago, <laughs> it was like a dystopian fucking like Michael Bay film. Uh, like so <laughs> scary. Like there would be like just trash blowing down the street and like yeah. homeless zombies. And I like... mean, they still have that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Glitch but now there's, uh, you know, nice places to eat and have some drinks. 
amongst the homeless zombies. Right, right. So, I mean, it was really scary back then. And I actually might have, I probably have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again just to like, before we get into your worst first. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my worst first experience living in downtown LA, okay? Mm-hmm. So I lived in this place called the Medici on 7th and Bixel. I'm sure you've passed it. It's like this really fancy building in downtown LA. Probably. Where like a bunch of lawyers live there because they worked in downtown. But it was like mm-hmm. the only nice thing in downtown LA. There was no, you know, grocery store. There was nothing. There was a Rite Aid. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I lived there and I lived with some girls and I used to take all of our groceries at the end of the month that were like not expired but were going to go bad within the next week and I'd put them all together and I would go and give it to the first homeless person that I saw on the Mm -hmm. street. That was like my thing because there's always so many homeless people. And that's how worst first started. (laughs) (laughs) My worst first time being a generous person. (laughs) So here's my worst first time being a generous person. I see this lady and she has a little dog with her and I always feel bad for the people that have dogs, right? Because I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck. And she's sitting there and she's got her head down and I have this giant bag of fucking groceries and I set the bag next to her because I didn't want to like wake her up, right? So I gently set the bag next to her and she's like, what the fuck is this? And she, I was like, oh my God, like Jesus. And she fucking wakes up, pops up all psycho. And she starts going through the bag and she's like, a can of tuna? What the fuck? I'm fucking vegan. And she's like, what am I supposed to open this with? My fucking teeth? And she had no teeth. And I was like, ah! And I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry, I was just trying to help. And she's like, guess what? I have fucking AIDS. And I was like, ah! And she was spitting on me. And I'm all like, oh my God, did I get the spit in my mouth? Like I was like so fucking scared. And then she starts chasing me. I'm not even fucking kidding. She gets up and she's fucking like a rabbit and she starts chasing me. She's like, ah! And I was like, ah! And I'm like running through all these business people and they're like, leave her alone. And I'm like, ah! I'm like running from her and I fucking ran so fast and I fucking lost her. But how fucked up is that? That's It's crazy because it's one of those things that doesn't seem real. No, but You're kind of no. like almost like, what the fuck? Yeah, I can't believe this is my reality right now. It was so in the moment, I couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, she's a crackhead like oh yeah she was tweaking out she was like twitching and fucking freaking out yeah my uh i i didn't have that funny of a homeless experience but i had something uh similar when you said that she's like tuna fish i'm a vegan yeah i went to some like douchey hollywood party where they give you a gift bag with a bunch of stuff in it right one of the items was this like gold card from Burger King. It was like a hundred dollar gift certificate to Burger King. We could wow. just use the card for anything, anything up to a hundred dollars. Right. You could keep going back, whatever. So I was like, all right, I'm like, I fucking, I like, I, I'll ride and die for In and Out, but Burger King, McDonald's, like, fuck that That's where shit. I draw the goddamn line, okay? That's where I draw the line. I'm like, that shit's garbage. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I know it seems a little weird, me thinking it's garbage, giving it to someone, but I'm like, some people just actually need to eat, so it's probably better to give it away than throw it out. And they do have salads, I think. Yeah, so I mean, the like, lettuce is probably like, plastic. So I just got, I just tell my friend to pull over, and I just, I was like. I was like, hey, man, you want this? It's a $100 gift card to Burger King, the first homeless guy I saw. And he just looked at me and he goes, I don't need Burger King. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Got back in the car and bounced. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> me bu- either. I tipped my invisible hat to him. I was like. Doesn't it blow your fucking mind? <laughs> like, it kind of blows your mind. Yeah, I mean, well, it it blows my mind, but it doesn't. Because there are. There, I feel like there are so many homeless people that have like a lot of mental problems, right? Right. So like, it's not True. like you're thinking like, 
hmm, I wonder why he didn't take it. He needed it. Like, they're not logical they're not a lot logical. of the time. Yeah. There are some homeless people that are completely logical, right, and they just right. maybe a little a little bit like, you know, either down on hard times, or maybe they're just like, choose that life for whatever weird reason, but yeah. but then there are like a the lot that are just super, that are just, super, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I know. So that was what I wanted to share with you, because, but you like downtown. It's cool. I like downtown. Yeah, I was it's telling different. Brittany before we started, I was about to move to New York, uh, and then I started working with a new manager, and I did some independent film, and I started like thinking about like I would be limited in New York, and I'd have to feel like I'd fly five thousand miles round trip every time I wanted to do some little work thing or yeah. cameo. I was like, it, it, it sounded cool at the time. So then, when I decided to stay in LA, you get more bang for your buck. So I was like, all right, I need a big space where I could have a green screen. And a little like you know stu- makeshift studio and stuff like that. So I chose downtown based on the fact that they have a lot of like lofts and live work lofts yeah. and stuff like that. Good areas to hang sex swings and things. Yeah, you know, just exactly. all the important stuff, like exactly. all the vital things for survival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love I it. A, I have like a view of like a really busy street, and me and my friends see my computer, and I always jerk the joke jerk. <laughs> I cho- I, they joke about me like jerking off in the window with like fucking a hundred people downstairs looking at me. I only did that once. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. So I was telling you before the podcast, I was like, you know, people come on here and they tell crazy shit. You don't have to get as cra- You can get as crazy as you want to get. Talking about bad dates, bad drug experiences, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, bad jobs. You can talk about pretty much worse than anything. It doesn't have to just be one thing. No, it can be anything. Like, if you're like, oh, I had a fucking horrible time in <clears> elementary <throat> school. I was beat up or something. Like, it could be like mm. your worst first time in elementary school or whatever. Well, I'll I'll think of more, but I have one off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> and then then I'll think of some other ones. Okay, too. okay, yeah. We can just go with it. It's totally I wish it was funny. This is just bad. Oh, okay. It's all good. <laughs> we, can, we can cry. We like to cry on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it, in kind of thinking back, it was kind of funny and uh-huh. fuck, how fucked up it was. How, like, you see how human beings can be so fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I used to record music uh, um, in this studio. Uh, it was on Sunset Boulevard, like, Kind of like Hollywood, West Hollywood area. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I would go there to record. Also, it was a really big studio. So, like, we had, like, a kind of cool boys club thing. Like, after clubs, we would go there. We'd yeah. bring people back. We'd fucking just drink all night. And then sometimes three in the morning after we're drunk, we'll get in the booth and start making songs. It was, like, such a cool place that, like, Anytime I was bored, I would just show up and there would be like fucking like 10 people that I knew there. And it's just like, that's a really cool place to have in LA. Yeah. So I went there religiously. But right next door, there was a really ghetto underground club. And it wasn't just ghetto, it was like gang shit. Like, actually, oh, like gangs shit. went there. You're like, I'm not even trying to say ghetto. <laughs> You're like, no, it was like dangerous. Yeah, it was yeah. like actually dangerous. So right. it was like, it was like a bunch of gangs and it was like, it was like totally off the books. Like, underground shit where people would like party and drink and shit Whoa. but it wasn't like authorized for that it was like some underground shit right it was just <clears> somebody's <throat> basement and i knew and i knew like never to go in there right like yeah there are certain fucking it said no white boys on the door <laughs> there, yeah no i mean see that's the thing like because i've been doing rap for so long right. i've been friends with all these rappers like I, I i i literally went to compton by myself like i'm not scared of that type of shit right right but when you're talking about going into a place 
that's surrounded by only fucking gang people bangers. who are in gangs and shit. Yeah. Like, that's Dangerous. that's drawing the line where you're like, all right, now I got to fucking fall back. Like, <laughs> so for, a, for over a year, I went to the studio and right next door, I would n- I'd never, not once, step foot in this place, ever. So finally, one night, it's one of the producer's birthday party and he was like, I guess dating some chick that was there and we had to go say what's up to him for his birthday. So I was oh, like shit. I wasn't even scared when I walked in. I'm like, all right, I guess they're I guess they're here tonight. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's yeah. do it. So I step in there. I'm ordering Hennessy. I'm getting fucked up. I'm probably flashing too much money, tipping the fucking bartender and shit. And then some fucking uh DJ calls my name and was like, yo, come up here, yo, Andy Milnagas, blah, blah, blah. And so I climb up these, like, shady bunk bed ladders. It just goes straight <laughs> up, not like a real ladder. It just goes oh, straight up shit. like this. like up to the DJ booth? Yeah, it was like straight up bunk bed ladders, and I'm <gasps> fucking drunk, and I'm high, just oh, smoking hella weed, just no. getting drunk. And so when I get to the top like this, I fall and I fucking land, and I break my fucking leg, like, really bad in two places. What? Yeah. <laughs> you get up to the top? I'm sorry I'm laughing. Yeah, no. You fall forward, and then you... Not forward. Backwards. I get to the top, and I fall backwards, and I land on my leg, and I break my leg in two places. In the club? Yeah. Oh, my God. Please tell me you have a song called Breaking Your Leg in the Club. <laughs> no, but here's here's where it gets <gasps> interesting. So I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's, it's all good. Crazy. My friends that are from, like, Orange County, they're like, they went around, and they're like, oh, shit. You know, they're like, we better get him in our lifted like, truck. Oh, I, I knew I broke my leg, and this was the first time I ever broke a bone in my body. And they fucking went to, um, they went to get the car, uh-huh. and then two guys in the club each took a side of my fat ass and brought me up the stairs. Uh-huh. And while they were bringing up the stairs, while they were helping me with my broken leg, they fucking robbed me while my leg was broken. What? They dug in my pockets and started, and I had a lot of cash with me. They took like over $1,000 and they just dug in my pockets. They're like, we're trying to help you, man. We're trying to help you. And they just, <laughs> they just fucking rip. We're trying to help you, man. They're grabbing your dick. Oh, it's yeah. nice wallet. That's his dick. <laughs> All right, man. We're trying to help you. We're they, trying to help you, bro. Yeah. They oh. literally ripped my wallet. They took my whole wallet. I had fucking over $1,000 in it. And I'm screaming like, motherfuckers, they took my shit. Someone go get my fucking shit right now. I'm in the car. They're about to take me to the hospital. They take your cell phone, everything? No, just my wallet just with my wallet. cash. Okay. And I like I kept yelling at people to go down there. Someone went down there. They took they they came back and they brought me the wallet with my ID and cards in it with no money. So I'm like, all right, well at least I got that yeah, shit at least back. You got your, your but ID and cards. then I fucking I was so fucking heated. So they took me. Uh, these kids were not from L.A. So they took me to this ghetto ass hospital, Kaiser Permanente. Oh my god! And you have to be a member. And I have to get surgery because my leg is broken in two places. So Isn't I'm, Kaiser, like, fucked? Like, if they won't treat you unless you're, like, belong to Kaiser? I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. Really? Maybe there's I some weird shit. Be... I don't know. Maybe if it's an emergency, it's different. It's different, probably, yeah. So I'm laying in the bed, and I'm like, all right, you know, we're not in some third world country where the guy has a rusty saw, but it is <laughs> Kaiser Permanente. It might be worse. So... I'm like, 
you know, I'm talking to the doctor. Kaiser like, Permanente sponsors me. <laughs> <way. laughs> so I'm waiting there like two hours, and I'm out of it. My leg's broken in two places. One of my friends came, and I'm trying to get out of there because Cedars, Cedars-Sinai. way better. Not only better, it's supposed to be one of the best hospitals in the fucking country. Yeah. So I'm like begging for my friend to get me out of there. They yeah. wouldn't release me. They're not illegally allowed to release me. Because I'm there with a fucking broken leg and they can't just let me go. Right. So I'm thinking of everything. And then I call my friend whose mother is a nurse. Uh-huh. And she found a loophole. She she called a private, like, uh, ambulance. Uh-huh. She called a, some, like, private fucking, I don't know what the fuck their title was. Yeah. That has, like, a private ambulance. Wow. And that was, like, a, loop, a loophole where they were allowed to do it. So they fucking scooped me. They were like, you either have to get this surgery or not. We have the fucking surgery prep table ready. Like, tell us what to do. Because if you say no, then you're going to just sit there with your fucking broken leg, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, nick of time. We arranged this shit. A private ambulance came, picked me up, took me to fucking Cedars. And then I waited another few hours, pumping me with pain meds and all just fucked up. Then they eventually, you know, they... Gave me the anesthesia, and they put a titanium rod in my leg, and they had this whole like leg surgery. Um, all and from the club. All from drinking Hennessy in a fucking gangster club. Okay, but why at Cedars did they make you wait like five hours? Well, with a broken leg in two. Places? I don't know about five hours, but they a long time. When you get there, they're not just like, well, we have your surgery how table about, ready. You know about, what I mean? Can we talk about emergency rooms really quick? Like yeah. when you go in, you could be like, your arm could be coming off and squirting <laughs> blood, and the girls like. She's just chewing gum. Yeah. Okay, why are you here? You're yeah. like, my fucking arm is bleeding. She's like, okay, what's your first and last name? Have, <laughs> have a seat. We'll get to you. <laughs> it's so true, the contrast of like them becoming. They don't give a fuck. They're like, I saw eight people that died this week. Your arm is a little bloody. Sit the fuck down, loser. Like, but unless like, you have like a happen- hole in your head, yeah. they don't care. That literally happened to me. Another story like that where I got hurt. This was kind of stupid on my part, but I just it just was one of those things I didn't think of. I was at a studio, another studio. Oh my god! I gotta stop making music. And hurt in the I think studio. God's like this white boy sucks. <laughs> like we're gonna. He's like it. I broke your goddamn leg <laughs> in two places. What other sign do I gotta give you, boy? <laughs> I like I, how God is like a pastor in that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, you know the gates, the electric gates, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, for the houses and shit. Yeah, so yeah. I so I'm like I called an Uber or whatever because I don't I I have a license and I drive but I just don't, don't have like a car it. I like taking right. Uber. so the the taxis there the Ubers there whatever so I'm like okay the gates like closed so I just reach my hand through the gate and press the button yeah. but when you do that and your arm is by the part that doesn't move the gate moves that p- post doesn't move and your arm is in the middle so the gate <sighs> just closed on my fucking arm and i literally was stuck there thinking i was going to die i'm like oh this God. there's so much pressure on my arm i don't know how i'm going to ever fucking survive this and the taxi driver gets out and he starts pulling in the other direction and i'm trying to pry my fat fucking meaty arm out of this fucking thing and i finally like rip it out of there and i'm like oh thank fucking god and my arm is just fucking swollen and i go home and i just take some nyquil and then i'm like uh this is not gonna work i didn't need more than nyquil was your arm broken no that's the thing it it the way it pressed together it didn't break it it was like up here and Uh it just completely went like that but like yeah yeah, but it didn't it didn't break my arm, which was lucky. So I finally got it out. 
I went to the emergency room, and I'm in fucking so much pain now, and I'm pacing back and forth. They're like, sir, you have to sit down. And I'm like, I'm in fucking pain. They're like, I don't, you have to sit down. I'm like, I can't sit down. I can't sit down. And just exactly how you described it, they're like, I'll work out seal so we can. We'll get to you in 16 hours, sir. Just, yeah. <laughs> just breathe. But yeah, that was, and then and then I went to the back. They, they, they you know, looked at my arm, and the guy... The doctor handed me a pill, and I've never done painkillers in my life, like real painkillers, right. like Vicodin or whatever. What was it? I think it was just a Vicodin, a yeah. regular Vicodin. Yeah. I took the Vicodin, and like three minutes later, I was like, I felt like I that didn't happen to me. I was <laughs> like, I was like, what? I was like, really? Now you know why people love painkillers. Yeah, that shit's dangerous, though. They're but... so dangerous. It makes you feel that way with emotions, too. Yeah. Like if you're you're sad about something... You just take a painkiller and they go away. Yeah, I mean, I, I've honestly, I've experimented. Like, I haven't experimented with, like, street drugs because my thing is, what what's crazy about to me, what, what to, to me is, like, I've known a lot of seemingly logical, normal people being like, oh, yeah, you know, I just do Molly once in a while. But I'm like, but you're getting it from some, like, douche in a fucking fucking tied back hair bun <laughs> promoter who got it from another guy who got it from another guy right, who got it from another guy right. the, where did it come from it's it's so crazy people are f- so free to put this random shit in your body not that me. you have no idea what's in it at all not me i will not do that shit no i know don't you doesn't it kind of blow your mind at coachella and shit where people will literally be like yo you got any molly and somebody be like oh yeah i do and they'll be like oh cool thanks and they'll just swallow it People just have this weird thing where they think, like, because they say it's Molly. They believe them. This is Molly. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that. No, but I'll take this. Oh, oh, that's Xanax. You know, like, you just, like, how are you so free? So I, I so have. So free. The only experiments that I've done are, like, taking a little bit of fucking drugs or whatever. Like, I know pharmaceutical companies are fucking evil. Oh, yeah. But when you go to fucking CVS and you get a Vicodin, you know it's going to be a fucking Vicodin, Right. right? Still horrible, and you can get addicted, and it's awful. Yes, but you know what the fuck you're, you're getting. getting. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. You're not getting Safe. it from a douchey club promoter. You're doing, <laughs> getting it from a big company that's yeah. just like you know, this is how many milligrams of this. You know, blah blah yeah. blah. So I never really fucked with street drugs like that. But yeah, damn no, that. it's it's scary, and actually, it's really weird because I've had. I've dated guys who were like totally addicted to that shit, and yeah. I had no idea. Like painkillers, like it was really crazy. I dated a guy who was totally addicted to painkillers, take them every day, and I hid it from me. Mm-hmm. And he would buy them from people on the street and shit like yeah. that. And I had no idea. And, and then one day, like I'd found out because like he kept not having money to pay his half of the rent. And I mm-hmm. was like, where the fuck's all this money going? You know what I mean? Nope. And finally, he had to fucking come clean. And then it all made sense. Like yeah. it was just like, oh my God. When people get addicted, people think they take like a couple pills a day. You get so addicted that some people take like fucking 80 pills yes. a day. They'll just like yes. sit there with like three bottles of water and they'll just yeah. be like, here's five, <laughs> another five, and they'll do like fucking like 60 in a row. It's like, insane. It's crazy how- Some people's tolerance gets so high yeah. that they can take that much. I don't want to encourage anyone, but I'm surprised that the body could actually handle that. You're just like, some oh, people's can't. you're a heroin addict for 40 years? How the fuck are you still living? How does your heart not give out at that point? Me to everyone in my husband's band. I'm like, <laughs> how are you guys still alive? Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like, I was actually telling my husband about this, too, is that it's so bananas because, like, he's done, like, every drug possible. Yeah. Like, I, meanwhile, like, look at, like, some weird weed the wrong way, and mm-hmm. I'm fucked up for, like, a week. Like, I, like, yeah. some people's tolerances are so 
high and some people are like me we're so sensitive like if i take like three uh a leave I get fucked up. <laughs> like some people, I like, can take like all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, we should have a we should have a leave party, bro. That would be hot. <laughs> no, but for real, like I got like my I get really bad period cramps, and my my uh, OBGYN was like, it's cool to take two a leave and one Tylenol arthritis, and I was like, that sounds like a lot, but all right, I'll do it. Damn. And every time you I, know, get- I knew you were a party girl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I knew you went hard. Yo, I roll. I take motherfucking a leave. Yeah, but like. So- I mixed kombucha with a leave and I was a hallucinated for three minutes. <laughs> Yo, for real though, like she uh, first time I did it, I was like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Tripping!" <laughs> like, I'm just that sensitive to shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've never done shrooms. Yeah. I've never done ayahuasca. I've never done any of that shit. I, I want to talk. Wanna I want to talk. Okay, we're taking a quick break. Okay, and then we're coming right back, and we're gonna talk about all this drug shit. All right. Stay tuned. All worse first with Andy Milanakis. Meow meow. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Okay, we're back. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about drugs and drug tripping and everything. And my mm-hmm. husband's like, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Costa Rica and do ayahuasca. I'm going to Costa Rica in about three days, actually. Are you going to do ayahuasca? No, I'm going to play poker. <sighs> <laughs> Thank God. I had like an external panic attack for you. Like, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> no, ayahuasca do- is... Probably the last thing that I would do. Right? But I do want to... My thing is, because I'm such a prude with, like, psychedelics, I'm really just scary. scared about, yeah. like, the anxiety. Oh, yeah. If I if I didn't fear for having an anxiety attack while I'm fucking tripping and being like, I'm stuck here. I can't live anymore. Me? Yeah, I need a Valium or I'm not... Or I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. so, like, what I want to do one day... I, I'm not... I don't think I'm ready, but I want to, like, just start by, like, maybe, like, microdosing shrooms. Right, right, right. The shrooms kind of are interesting to me, but... Pretty much nothing else is besides like weed, and like yeah. I'd love to like experience like a super super mild shroom trip. Yeah, mild. Yeah, but I feel like even mild, I'd freak the fuck out. Yeah, I guess. I'd be like, why is his hair moving? Uh, no, but it's weird too, actually, because my 
my uh, psychiatrist was actually telling me that they're starting to microdose people with uh, am I probably depression gonna, for depression with psil- psilocybin mushrooms. Psilocybin is mushrooms. It's the same exact thing. All right, just kidding. So with psilocybin, <laughs> uh, see, I don't know what I'm fucking talking about, but she was like, it's actually something that they're experimenting. Yeah, with. it just passed recently for like to uh, do I think it. like FDA for tests. Yes. And shit. Um, and so I have friends that are going to try it. I'm like, dude, let me know how it goes. But fuck, it's scary. I really think if you're really, really safe about the amount you do, like, you know, say uh, an experienced person, you know, maybe takes a whole eighth, like three and a half grams. Right. If you take like maybe start with like a half a gram. Yeah. I feel like you're not going to your world is not going to melt, melt in front yeah, of you yeah. for fucking five hours. You know, I think it's kind of more going to feel like a little bit like. All right, I feel a little warm. Maybe I feel a little yeah. bit a psychedelic, but not not like super, you know? I, I mean, like, I don't know if you relate to this, but I kind of just feel so fucked up in my everyday life that I can't imagine, like, wa- like, I don't want to feel more fucked up. Like, I feel so, like, I don't know if you ever <clears throat> do this, because I know you said you kind of have anxiety too, right? It's Yeah, it, I do, but it's it's very, very rare now. Okay, but I don't know if you've ever had this when you were having anxiety where you've had, like, depersonalization, where you feel like you're sitting in your body or sitting, like, outside of yourself. Have you ever had that happen to you? Mm, no, I don't think so. So, like, for instance, I was driving here today, mm-hmm. and I have, like, such a high level of anxiety that sometimes, like, my body will, like, mentally take me out of it, mm-hmm. where I was sitting there driving, but in my brain I was, like, not in my body. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very I, strange. I, I, but, I totally get it. Yeah. I don't think it's happened to me, but I've had definitely had some hardcore anxiety before yeah. where I was just like, holy shit, I feel like there's, there's it's like... the worst. Uh, like... I'm surprised with all the anxiety attacks that I've had over time that there was never one point where I actually called 911. I was so really? clo- I was good for you. I've gone to the emergency room oh, you multi- have? multiple times. I've had I've been very very close yeah. where I'm like I have the phone in my fucking hand yeah, and you're I'm all trying like to nine fight one, it. And you're like the one more. I'm just trying to fight it cuz yeah. I was just thinking about how much it would suck the next few hours so yeah. I was just like trying to fight it. But yeah. um the things that um you know, you know what's crazy? That gives me anxiety attacks. I try not to get that far. Caffeine. Really, really bad hangovers. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I it's tr- like feeling like fucked up. Yeah. Triggers anxiety. And especially when you're just not feeling healthy yeah, you're to not like feeling that well. high level. Yeah. Of course, you're going to start flipping out and panicking, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, so, so the first time, uh, the first like few months that I had like hardcore anxiety... I got uh, I got prescribed Xanax. Right. Thank God I was like really really careful with yeah, it. Yeah, same. Uh, I have it, but I don't. And it take was it. it was just this like uh, break glass for emergency thing mm-hmm. in my pocket, mm-hmm. and just having it there, being like, it was reassuring. I can do this anytime. It's gonna make me feel calm. Yeah. So now I'm feeling calm because I know it's there, and like that helped me so much. And like one t- uh, also like. I used to perform, you know, Simon, obviously. Yes. Me, Simon, and Riff Raff, we used to do uh, Three Local. We used yeah. to perform live shows. And I was so jealous because these fucking motherfuckers were just in the green room getting drunk. And like partying, excited and carefree. People, just so carefree about to perform. And I'm huddled in a corner just having nervous. an anxiety attack. Yeah. Nervous. Yeah. And I would just always like have a Xanax in my hand being like, I'm trying so hard not to take this because if I don't take it, 
Once I get on stage and I'll start performing, I'll be fine. Yep. And another reason why I don't want to take it is because we were in all these cool cities. And you're going to be tired. No, because after we performed, I wanted to go drink and party. And I'm really strict yeah, on mixing and benzos, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, it, like, on the rare nights that I had to take it, I'm just in this, like, city for one night. And I just refused to drink that night because I would just be like, okay, well, I had to take the Xanax. I'm just not going to drink and party tonight. Yeah. Know? I was really responsible about That's it. That's so good. Yeah. It's actually really funny, though, because I... <laughs> I was on a plane and I was sitting with this lady and I have really bad anxiety when it comes to flying Mm because I hate anything where it's not in my control. Mm -hmm. So I get on the plane and I'm like really nervous and I'm like shaking and like I have, I have Valium in my purse, which I literally- Can I have one? I'm (laughs) just (laughs) I give you Valium on my podcast. You're like, I'm not really into drugs. You say you have Xanax? Um, I'm sitting on this plane with the, and this lady sitting next to me, she's like this like rich, like fancy looking lady, whatever. And she's sitting with me and I was shaking and like I took a little, I take tiny little pieces of my Valium if mm-hmm. I like absolutely need it to calm down and she sees it and she goes oh is that Valium and I was like yeah and she's like oh gosh she's like I have mine too she's like I take a va- I, I take a V and V every time I fly you went to the bathroom together with her and you <laughs> snorted lines of it <laughs> no she goes I take a V and V every time I fly and I was like what's a V and V and she's like a vodka and a Valium <laughs> <laughs> She's like a Stepford wife. <laughs> I was like, all right, Dolores, have fun on your death trip. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Some people don't give a shit. Can I tell yeah. you something I think is really interesting, and I don't know if you've noticed this in life, but the more people don't care or are carefree, the more they aren't, like, they're more those people are able to, like, do crazy drugs and be fucked up and do all this crazy shit because it's almost like they don't give a shit. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's, I think... I think it's maybe stuff that we see. We don't see the repercussions. For every time there's someone that doesn't feel that or is the people who drinks and does a drug and overdoses. You know what I mean? Like it. That's true. Yeah. So it's like, but. Yeah. It's funny. I had to get over major fear of flying shit. I used to be so bad that I had to take a train from New York to L.A., three days in a sleeper car and I've done it probably like 10 times. Stop. I swear to God. Because you didn't want to fly. I feel for you after I, all the 9-11 shit because you're so from New York. I'm from New York. Yeah. And I was I was heading out the door and woke up late on my way to the city. To I was going to go to Manhattan and then I was going to transfer to Brooklyn and I, and I just was like leaving and my dad's like sit down you're not going anywhere and he turned on the TV and I'm like holy shit. And then when I kind of like, I was like, uh, and then I got a call. This was really fucked up. I got a call, I think a day after 9-11. I had just interviewed, and I was working in Westchester County in New York, like Mm -hmm. kind of in the burbs. Mm -hmm. I got a call a day after or day before 9-11, I forget, saying I just got my first job in Manhattan doing IT shit for an accounting firm. And I had to go in like two or three days after 9-11. And I'm like, I got to take this job. I'm like, it doesn't sound that crazy now taking that job. But three days after that thing happened. That's so traumatic. Who's even functioning three days after that? So now I'm I'm like, yeah, everybody's like, what's going to happen next? Is there going to be some crazy war? Are there going to be more terrorist attacks, more fucking plane explosions, more fucking bombs? No one fucking knew. It was just... It was just total, like, fucking running around with your, pulling your hair. Chaos. Yeah. So I was just like, fuck, I got to take this shit. 
And then did I, you take the job? I took the job. I went into the city like three days after nine eleven, and the first day, I, uh, the accounting firm. I was the IT guy. I had to do all the computer shit. The uh. first day I got there, there was a big, big virus on all the computers, so I had to stay to fix everything because these accountants bill out at like five hundred an hour or probably something like that. So I had to stay to fix everything. So everybody left at like six or seven. I stayed overnight on my first day of work by myself in on, New York <laughs> on 51st in Madison. Oh my in God. In this creepy fucking account, a uh, creepy building. Um, and I stayed overnight till not just overnight, but till the next morning till like eight o'clock when everybody else came back in. Oh my God. To fix it. To fix everything. Did you fix it? I fixed everything. They had a little semicircle meeting. I told everybody like I had to go because before uh, an antivirus comes out for a brand new virus, you have to go into the registry and like fuck with like everything manually. So I fixed the server computer. Then I had to fix every individual computer. They went in a little semicircle. I like told everybody and they all like clapped for me and they sent me home in a town car like an hour away back home. And uh, and then uh, and then after that, I kind of was like, I was like, all right, I kind of proved myself the first day. I could start like coming in a little late, dressing <laughs> a little funky and shit. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I want to know how did you even get into doing IT stuff? Were you just always a computer person? While I was flunking out of high school, I was like in the very early days of the fucking internet. I was doing like fucked up illegal shit. Really? Like, uh, you were like hackers, real I, life. I was not. I was not like a a good hacker or anything, but I was learning from a lot of kids online. Of like, you know, we were like fucking stealing fucking America Online accounts. We had I had like a thousand accounts. If people in a chat room were talking shit to me, I could just like fucking ban them and. Used to use America Online. Yeah, AOL. But yeah. you didn't just use it to go on. You didn't just use it as a service. You used it as your main internet provider. So if you couldn't dial up to it, and your account was banned, you just didn't have internet. Right. So if someone talked shit to me, I would just fucking cancel their fucking internet. Like, I would fuck wow. with people. Um, so you were good with computers. I was good with computers. Are you still good with computers? I'm definitely still good, but not as good. Right. But so I went to. Uh, um, so yeah, okay, so, so while I was learning about computers in high school and doing all this fucked up shit, now that I'm trying to stick to the theme of the show a little yeah. bit, I just forgot about this till yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends got busted for this fucked up shit that I was, you know, I was doing shit with. Um, my father's a crazy Greek guy. He hangs out with only people at restaurants and also, like, fellow Greeks. Always, like, he's always with blue-collar people, mechanics with fucking grease on their fucking shirts and shit so i come home one day and i see three fucking white dudes in suits and i'm like oh fuck oh my god it was the fucking fbi they fucking showed up to my fucking house they sat there and they asked me all these questions you know i admitted to a lot of shit i didn't give any names but i admitted to a lot of shit and I admitted to maybe not everything, but I admitted Damn. to <laughs> I admitted to a lot of shit. And then they tried to seize my computer, and my father's like, "We need a lawyer." Uh huh. I was over eighteen at the time, um, so I pretty much told my father, "I'm like," and the FBI was, that was there. I was like, "If they leave right now, and we get a lawyer, that shows I'm more guilty." From other shit that I didn't do. Uh, so, 
as soon as they leave, I could just format my hard drive and write over it. Yeah. And then they wouldn't be able to find. They wouldn't anything. be able to find anything. Yeah. So I'm like, how about you just let them take it, so it shows that I'm not guilty of these things because. All the like really fucked up shit, like credit card fraud and shit like that. I never did, any, never of did any of that. So they were like so, going to try to get you for that, but you didn't do it. Yeah. So I was like, so let them take yeah. it, and then They're like I, sh- I canceled some assholes' fucking accounts. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, sue me. You know, yeah. they were talking shit. So yeah. I was like, I was like, let them take it, yeah. and and then I guess that maybe uh, I don't know if they thought I was bluffing or whatever, but for whatever reason, even though I told them I was over eighteen, I gave them permission to take it. Yeah. They ended up not taking it. I guess they saw that confidence and they were like, all right, and they just left. Never heard from him again. Yeah, because probably if you were like, don't take it, then they'd be like, oh, he's guilty. Yeah. But if you were like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Damn, you got the fucking feds at your house, dude. Yeah, that was crazy. That's fucking gnarly. Was this, were you on the man show before Jimmy this? Jimmy Kimmel Live, not the man show. What? Sorry, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Sorry. <laughs> all right, well, uh, way to know your, way to know <laughs> your, <laughs> way to know your guests at work. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. So Jimmy Kimmel Live, when did you, when was that? Was that before or after this? That was way before. Way before. Yeah. So you'd done Jimmy Kimmel Live. No, Jimmy Kimmel Live was way after this. Way after this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How did that happen? So, so were you an actor as a kid? No. Nothing. Okay. No, I was nothing. No, <laughs> I was nothing. I was a no, hacker. Yeah. It's kind of funny though. All this like fuckery. I yeah. kind of like think of it as like failing upwards. Like all this fuckery that I was doing on the computers. I was like getting good with like you know making little websites. Right. You know, learning ins and outs. I was building computers. Right. I was learning about network shit. You yeah. know, all the security shit. Yeah. So, um. You know, early on, I was such a computer junkie, so anything that came out, any new technology, I was super up on. Mm -hmm. So, like, getting, like, a fucking webcam, you know, in, like, uh, I don't know, the fucking 90s, and making a video of yourself, there was no YouTube. Right. You had to, like, have your own website. I started making a bunch of videos of just me, I was just like, all right, I have a video, and I like comedy, so I just made videos of just doing silly-ass shit. Yeah. It was just really good timing, because it was like a long time ago. Yeah. So I had to like, I had to make three different types of files, because people didn't have like good internet, like some people had to download the videos. If you had a Mac or a PC, you needed a different video file to click on. Whoa. So I was doing that shit hella early. I had hundreds of videos on this website called Angry Naked Pat, uh, and... Basically, I did hundreds of videos, and I'd have, like, maybe ten responses to each video, but I just kept doing them, and then all of a sudden, one of them just went super viral. And this was so long ago that when my video started getting, like, it started getting, like, 100,000 plays a day. Whoa. I I got called from my internet company, and they told me I owed them, like, $8,000 because I went over in data. Like... You didn't used to get paid for it. You used to have to pay for what the data. What the fuck? Yeah, so I had to work out some deal with them. I'm like, I didn't know. You're like, I'll shout you guys out. What <laughs> yeah. can I do? Can I give you a brand? Like, can we do a brand deal? Like, yeah, so wow. fucking, so. You're like, it's not my fault people like my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. so fucking Kimmel found that. And uh, one of my videos that went viral. And um, at first he had me sign release forms just to play some of my videos. Right. And then they were like, they wanted a little more. So they looked at my other videos and they saw one video I had where I was out in a blizzard in New York and I was recording people. 
but I was holding the camera. Mm. I wasn't on camera. I was yeah. just like asking them why they're out in a blizzard. <laughs> but the joke was, I'm also out in a blizzard. I'm like, why are you out in a blizzard? Why? What are you getting coffee in a blizzard? Why didn't you stay home? And like right. nobody was asking me why am I in, right. in a blizzard too, you know? So they're like, we like that video, but you weren't on it. So they're like, they made me go do a, do a special video for them. They're like, we need you on, on camera. camera. So I had my friend who was doing the website with um, film you film me and I went out to Manhattan and I was just like I was feeding homeless ladies chicken wings like hand feeding them chicken wings I was like rapping with this dude on the corner about fucking Coca-Cola I was just like talking shit doing my thing and I sent them the tape and they liked it and they're like alright we want to hire you to be a traveling correspondent and they started sending me all over America that's awesome were like, you so excited it was yeah it was like fucking because at the time then I started having goals about doing comedy because I was doing Upright Citizens Brigade. I was taking improv classes. Yeah. And, like, there's nothing inside me that would have been like, let me move to Hollywood to try to do this for a living. But right. it, I was still having fun. in the mix having yeah, fun with yeah, that yeah. shit. And um, so, yeah, they hired me as a correspondent. And then eventually, you know, they were putting me up in a hotel in L.A. for a couple months when I finally went out to L.A. Um, and then they were like, yeah. I went there on a one-week trip, and they were eventually like, uh, you just – we can't pay for hotels anymore. You just need to sign a lease. So I just were they going to pay the lease? No. Oh, but they were paying me. But they were paying you, so they like, were like, "Just live out here." Yeah, they're like, yeah. "Just live out here." So on a one week trip out here, I like fucking signed my lease. I went back home and I was like, uh, "I I live in L.A. now, peace, bitch." Whoa! Sorry, parents. No more blizzards for me, motherfuckers. <laughs> and that's when the dab was invented. I go, "Sorry, parents. I live in L.A. now," and I dabbed and I created the dab. Did and, you really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> believes anything <laughs> whoa that's amazing wait were your parents so proud of you though were they like fuck yeah yes my mom was like outwardly insanely proud of me uh -huh. and the best feeling was after like later on Kimmel brought me to MTV to you know pitch my own show yes which and, was very successful and my my dad was always telling me when I was taking improv classes because I was paying like you know every couple months I was paying a few hundred dollars to take improv classes He's this crazy Greek. He's like, hey, they steal your money. Why are you doing this? He's like, they're stealing your money. You don't know they're stealing your money. <sighs> and then I sat his fucking Greek ass down on a couch and I showed his last name on TV. And I was like, and he was like, that was that moment. I was like, yeah, boy, that's what's up, boy. What? They're stealing what, boy? <laughs> I'm going to buy you a Rory, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got the motherfucking grape leaves, bitch. <laughs> I got you. I got you a house made out of feta, ho. <laughs> I brought the souvlaki, motherfucker. <laughs> Damn. Greek bars. Damn. <laughs> Greek bars. I'm dead. So that's crazy. Do you have brothers and sisters or no? Yeah, I don't talk about my whole family, though, because I'm like, I'm trying to do some Bill Burr awkward shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so fuck your family. Just kidding. Uh -huh. um, but that's so cool that you fucking did it. Like, how cool is that? That's so fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean... And all your weird little internet hacking is yeah. what helped you make the fucking videos to get online to show to see Jimmy Kimmel's people. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? No, it is crazy, and I, I do feel cool about it because it's like I, uh, I, I definitely did a lot of things in life that were headed towards failure. Right. F Getting in trouble with the FBI, dropping out of high school, just kind of like... I wasn't I wasn't like in the streets doing crazy crimes and shit, but like I wasn't doing things in life necessarily to like get me towards a winning mentality and and doing big shit. 
until I like also like even before the Kimmel shit, which was good. There are a lot of careers in life that you need uh, college education. You need, you know, diploma. Unfortunately, yeah. But what's good about computers, especially back then, as long as you knew your shit, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. They'll hire you. Yeah. If you can keep a big company up and running. Yeah. That's so valuable. Yeah. And the proof is in the pudding, you know, yeah. like, so uh, doing all that weird computer shit, even though I was a high school dropout and shit, um, you know, I started doing help desk, which is the fucking worst. What's that? Uh, it's answering the phone and teaching fucking old people how to fix their computer. <laughs> like over the phone, you have to describe <gasps> each fucking thing to do. No. It's really You're bad. You're that person? <laughs> no, that was the first <laughs> job. That was the like lowest. You like the paperclip? Hi, can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) I was talking paperclip. So it started with help desk, then it started with desktop support, which is more hands on. Yeah. Then I did like password security. Then I eventually was like a network administrator. So like even if I didn't, you know, get the whole Kimmel thing going on, I might have kept going with computers. Yeah, I still would have like had a roof over my head and shit, but it wouldn't have been as fun, you know. Isn't it so fucking crazy that, I mean, this is my kind of belief, too, because, like, I mean, I, I graduated with honors in high school. I don't really give a shit. I didn't go to a real college. <laughs> I think that the funny thing is, if you find something you're really good at, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your degree is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you find one thing that you're really dope at, you can make money at it. Well, it's I, I agree and I disagree with certain things like, you're a really good lawyer. Yeah. But did you pass the bar exam? Oh, well, that's true. I mean, well, okay, so that you kind of have to have a degree, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, certain things. I mean, mean, there are so many examples that work in what you say, though. Right, right. You know? That is true, though. You do. Every every blue-collar thing. uh, And then there's a bunch of white-collar shit, too. Like computers. um, I keep meeting more and more people, though, in life who have never graduated high school or who dropped out and are so successful. Yeah. And I'm not trying to encourage people to drop out of high school because you're lazy and you don't want to fucking be in high school. Yeah. I'm saying, like, these people were, like, in their head, they were like, I know what I'm going to do. I know my path, and this I don't need. And they fucking peaced out, yeah. and they went out to do whatever they were going to do. Yeah, if you have, like, a dream and a backup plan, Yeah. and both of those don't need a diploma, Yeah. then fucking go for it, right? Like... When I was doing computers, I would work like 40, 50 hours a week, but I was still doing improv on the side, and I was like tired as fuck because I would like, at first before I lived in the city, I would commute, and then after like an eight, nine hour day, I would go to Upright Citizens Brigade and do a three hour class, or then I would go to a show for a couple hours and I'd hang out with all these improvisers, and then we had separate coach sessions, and I never once thought this is going to turn into a career for me. But as long as you can do something that's like you're passionate about, even if you don't do it for a living, as long as you make time for it, you're still fulfilled because you're still doing it. And if you keep fucking at it, then that can eventually make the shift. Not always, but sometimes it can make the shift from a little hobby as your passion to coming number one as what's paying your bills, you know? And the internet has really changed all that. Yeah. I mean, the internet has... I mean, look at me. Like, I had the same kind of story as you where I just started making videos for yeah. fun, and I couldn't even afford UCB. 
I wanted to go to UCB. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to Groundlings, but I couldn't afford the $400 like every other month. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was so broke. And you were so, giving too much food away to homeless people. You're I too was nice. like, oh. I was, yeah, I was fucking, I was just like, I was living off my, my my dad was paying for my life. So I like mm-hmm. couldn't be like, hey dad, can I get an extra 400 bucks for this fucking improv classes where yeah, I took a clown? Yeah, he'd be like, they're stealing your money. Yeah, he, I'm not even Greek. Exactly. Why do my, I talk like this? <laughs> <laughs> my dad would be like, my dad would be like, you act like a clown without me giving you four hundred dollars. So why mm-hmm. do you need this four hundred dollars? You know what I mean? Like he didn't really get the point. So I just found a way. And then like when the internet with Vine when that came out, I just started having fun on there. Yeah, I wasn't thinking this is going to turn into a career. Yeah. This is going to turn into something. I was like, I'm just a fucking moron who's having fun and enjoying myself. And that's usually the best way. A lot of people think because when your level of your level of effort is fueled by this is a business. Right. You sometimes you lose stuff, I think. Sometimes I think you, you lose do too. like the that raw like fire of like, I love this. Then like if I do this song and this type of hook, it's gonna make really more views. Blow up. Make yeah. more fucking money, motherfucker. That's kinda ruined it for me now. Cause like I got mm-hmm. on TikTok and I'm having a lot of fun on there. Mm-hmm. But part of me, like, cause I know what happened with Vine, I'm yeah. like part of me in my head, like I've learned just from being on Vine, like what works, what's popular, what's this, what's mm-hmm. that, and it's corrupted me in a way. Yeah. Whereas, like, I would used to do videos just authentic to who I am and be like having fun. Yeah. Now, before I make a video, I'm always like, I have that shit in my head, like, oh, I already know like the secret and I know like how to do certain things. But you're self-aware about it, so now it's up to you if you want to change that. Right. Just knowing that you could just cock block yourself and being like, you know, this might get a tenth of the views. But this is what I think more is original. funnier and exactly. more original. Exactly. But it's so funny because I'll go on there and I'll do something that's more original than me and it will get like a tenth of the views. And then I'll do something that is trendy and trending and use a trending song and a trending mm-hmm. fucking vibe and it'll blow up. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, wow, that's like so crazy to me. You know, I mean, it makes sense because, you the know. The masses have bad taste. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like it kind of sucks. Like when I used to be able to do stuff that. You know, like you said, when we first started on Vine, it was different. It was more artsy and more goofy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had to have, like, a kind of a skewed sense of humor. And yeah. then And then it just got to be, like, what's traditionally funny, you know? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. There's, like, a weird, almost like a weird science to it, which is kind of, like, a bummer in a way. Yeah. But then there's people who are popular from being quirky and not falling into that like Bo Burnham and people like that so there's some people that haven't kind of given in yeah I don't think everybody has to go the Andy Kaufman route or the or the Neil Hamburger route which is like I don't give a fuck I'm gonna get up here and intentionally bomb yes because I am gonna just do something that I think is cool and interesting and I don't care if the whole crowd fucking boos me. You know what? If they boo me, that's even better. And I like I like that raw confidence. I don't think everything everybody has to do in in comedy or in, in performance has to be that level of like gutsy raw. Right. You know. But I think like you know, just variety. You know what I mean? Like even when people make music, you can make a song. That's really catchy because you know it's going to be big and you're like, you want to make some anthem shit that a lot of people are going to watch. And then you could make some like roots fucking lyrical shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's room for everything, you know? True, true. And I also like pray that like, I don't know what's coming next, you know? I don't know what the next big thing is. I mean. I think, you know, it's kind of already 
has been here, but I've been doing this live streaming shit for a few years, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not all roses, you know. It takes up way too much time. You have to put a lot of time in in it to be successful at it. But what do you live stream on? Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, Twitch is huge. So, yeah. Most people are playing video games, but there's also a section. Uh, it used to be called IRL, which stands for in real life, uh-huh. which is the better name. And then they fucking they call it just chatting now, which is kind of lame. <laughs> Just because chatting. <laughs> when you go into this section, yeah. 98% of the people are just sitting at a computer talking, chilling, you know, which is big in itself and gets a lot of views. But there's a handful of people, including me, that we travel and we go stream and we have a backpack with a camera Whoa. with four different modems. And instead of a YouTube video that's like edited, Anything bad happens, you could take it out. You yeah. could cut little jokey moments. This thing, like, it's I'll live. be in Tokyo for fucking a month, and every day I'll stream for, like, eight to ten hours. My whole fucking day, going into all these stores, meeting random people, going to get drinks, just talking to people, going to fucking touristy destinations. and That's your whole life. Yeah, like, it takes up so much time, but you're talking about what's next, like, the amount of like uh the the viewers that raw fucking mainline of i'm not just watching entertainment i'm watching reality this is the f- the closest form of real reality because the person's not acting and it's going on right now yeah. and i can interact with them you know somebody could give me an idea like dude it's like the truman show yeah <laughs> like i was in Whoa. i was in uh long beach and I was just like, oh, there's these little boats. I'm like, what if I just rent this boat for the night and I stream here having some beers and I'll stay here overnight to stream the whole night. Do you go by yourself? Sometimes. Wow. So so everybody in my chat was like, yeah, that's cool, right? And then I called the company and they're like, yeah, it's there's like a three-week wait. And then someone in my chat was like, what about the Queen Mary? The Queen Mary is this boat. I know, in Long, it's like, in Long Beach. Yeah, it's like bigger than the fucking Titanic. And it's and haunted. Th- and there's actually rooms that you could rent as a hotel. I didn't have any clothes. I didn't have any plans. I was just like, okay, I just walked on this fucking boat. I got a hotel room on the boat. I did this midnight fucking haunted tour in the engine room and the old fucking broken pool. And that idea was just from someone in chat said, go to the fucking Queen and Mary. And they let you do that there? They let you film it and everything? It was, it was a gray area. <laughs> You're like, I did it without their permission. It's all good, though. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that type of shit, I think, is going to get bigger and bigger yeah. as, as, you know, 5G and more technology comes up where you don't need this whole big rig. You could just stream with your phone. Um, people love watching people. Yeah, we're a very like voyeuristic society. But when you're not watch, when you're watching something that was filmed a year ago, or when you're watching something as it's happening, is different. different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that shit's just gonna keep blowing up the live shit. You know. So how do people find you on Twitch? Uh, it's Twitch dot com slash Brittany Furlong. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just it's just my full name. Okay, um, so yeah, twitch.com slash Andy Milanakis. Look up the spelling. You can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that shit's cool. But, you know, it's like I said, it's not perfect. It takes up way too much of my fucking time because right, I want right. to do other stuff. And right. it's like, you have to like really You've be gotta doing- bring your fucking Twitch into like getting an anal exam. You're like, <laughs> sorry, doc. This is how I pay the bills. Stick it in. The emergency room. Right. I'm bleeding. Breaking your fucking leg again. <laughs> what did it feel like, by the way? I was kind of drunk. But so it was really fucking tell. painful. It was painful? Yeah. It was Did you, really... like, feel the bone break? 
I mean, it's it happens so Fast, quick, yeah. but it, it de- I definitely like when I was laying there, I felt like I couldn't move. Like I was like, "Fuck!" Luckily, I didn't hit my fucking head, man. Oh, that's fucking gnarly. Yeah. Damn, dude. I fucking loved having you here today. We're already yeah, in an fun. hour. This went really fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so, it's crazy. When I have, like, the greatest conversations with people, I feel like time is, like, Yeah, we had some machine so- gun shit. Dude. Drugs I- and broken <laughs> legs. <laughs> That's what we're going to title this podcast. <laughs> okay, so you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're on Twitch, and it's all mm-hmm. just Andy Milanakis. People yep. know where to find you. Guys, I was so happy to have my guest today, Andy Milanakis. Make sure to leave lots of comments, lots of love. I read all your comments, even the shitty ones, and I appreciate <laughs> you all for listening. And we'll check you all next week on Worst First. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. Do the cat? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I just like meow. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>